Hello, everybody. Hello. And welcome to the Macabre Podcast Universe. This is the podcast where we cover film franchises, and we exist to prove people wrong when they say that sequels are never better than the originals. And today, we are starting a new series. It's Ip Man. Mm-hmm. We're going uh, thousands of miles away to China and watching a few of their movies. And with us today, we have an insane guest. You have seen him in many things, or you have seen his work in many things, but maybe you didn't know it. It is Ilram Choi. <laughs> Hello, Ilram. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like arena. Yes. at 155 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and what, one of the things that you, you are best known for is you were the main stunt double on the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Is that correct? Yeah, the, uh, yes, exactly. There's three of us in total. Um, uh, and we all had our own speciality, but I was the wire guy and fight guy. Um, cool. <laughs> which Spider-Man does most of, but then we had a, a parkour guy and a, and a guy that did skateboarding. But then we eventually, oh, cool. but then we eventually uh, started doing each other's work whenever one was available because we had multiple units shooting at the same time. Oh, okay. Well, and I remember um, I saw you. I was like introduced to you as a person through, which we reference a lot on this podcast, the Corridor Crew, FX Artists React or Stuntmen React or whatever React. And you were on it. And um, you you mentioned how you were like integral to how Spider-Man started swinging. Oh, yeah. So... From the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, uh, you mm-hmm. notice like his movements were perfect. Like he went in the direction that he wanted to go, and he swung in the same direction he was going. But then, in this movie, we try to do it as much as um, without CG. We want to do it practically as possible, mm-hmm. even though there w- there's quite a bit of CG in it. And doing this practically, we realized it is really hard to control yourself while you're swinging. It's like you're not really you're not Mario. I was telling the corner yeah. guy, you can't just jump in midair. Then all of a sudden, oh, I want to go this way. Uh, right. Yeah. And so when we did all the wire work and swinging, sometimes you're you start to rotate in mid swing. And so I took it upon myself uh, on uh, one scene in particular uh, where I'm swinging under the bridge, where Spidey swinging under the Brooklyn Bridge. It wasn't actually the Brooklyn Bridge. It was a bridge that. Um, look like it and we i started like rotating the opposite direction and and it it took a long time long time to reset Uh so not to waste a shot i just kind of just fudged it i said okay well i'll just bring the web between my legs and act like i'm rotating intentionally and then shoot behind my back uh so cool (laughs) yeah and they loved it and so it was it was all of us when we started swinging we just I was just saying, look, you just, just be organic. You're swinging. You can't control yourself, but it's Spider-Man, you know, just, just you're webbing everywhere. And so I think it was a collaboration of all of us trying to do our best to stay in line, but also, uh, knowing that just go with it, you know, don't waste the shot. Um, and I think the FX guys observed this and I, uh-huh. I feel it really influenced um, how Spidey was moving 
throughout the rest of the movies because I think Spider-Man 2, <clears throat> Amazing Spider-Man 2 uh, with um, Electro, there was more, more CG in that one, but I thought Sp- Spidey moved the best in that movie. I love the way. Oh, okay. Flinging around and just, it was just really messy and organic. And I loved it. Oh, I like that. That's cool. Yeah, we might, I, we're going to have to like watch those and look, look for just the swinging. <laughs> have yeah. like yeah. a <laughs> Spider Man like month and watch all the movies and compare the swinging. <laughs> yeah. So are you, I, I'm curious, are you a big Spider Man fan or did you just happen to be hired for that project? Yeah, I just happened to be hired for it. If I were to pick any superhero, yeah, I'd be like, well, yeah, I'd love to be Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in my mind, I'm talking to a Spider-Man. I'm just imagining this a Spider-Man. You're Mike's hero. Yeah, seriously. I love Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I, I had no idea I would ever um, be able to double him. Uh, and they, they had me also, toward the beginning double Andrew Garfield without like the, the swing in the um, warehouse. So mm-hmm. he, he wasn't in a suit, but yet I was doing the swinging um, and cool. they did, they just did face replacement. Oh man, oh. that's cool. Yeah. They put, Dang. Dot, they put dots on my face and placed my face. If you, if, if you saw my face at any point, it was, uh, it was in swapped with Andrews during the swinging scene in there. That is so cool, man. Um, well, thank you for coming on. We, I, I can't remember if I said this before I introed or after I introed, but we're doing a stunt-heavy martial arts series, and we really wanted to get some expertise in that field. And who better to call than someone who actively works in the stunt community mm-hmm. and is in a bunch of movies you've seen. So we're really thankful that yes. you're here, and we can't wait to talk about this insane, cool movie. And um, do, now, I was looking through your credits, and you... You have a lot of stunt coordinator credits, is that right? Yeah, I did some stunt coordinating. Definitely a stunt performer more than a, a coordinator. I enjoy being the performer. Cool. Uh, stunt coordinating is cool. You know, you get to you get to delegate work and be creative at times. Um, but it's just a lot of paperwork. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're coordinating, you know, you're calling people. You gotta, you know, make sure people oh, are yeah. on time and. You know, fill out this just a lot of paperwork, going to the production meetings gets pretty boring. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Why you'd rather be doing it? Yeah, yeah. You show up, do some cool stuff, and then leave. Yeah, like, yeah. Stunt coordinating. He's like, you got to be there early in the morning, like the first one there, and the last one to leave. And then you have homework. You know, you go home and you yeah, have, right. Got to do scheduling and all that stuff. So, nah. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're when you're stunt coordinating, I'm just very curious because I I feel like my only knowledge on stunts is just a little bit of behind the scenes footage and then the corridor crew video. So if you're coordinating, um, does that mean you help plan what the stunts will be and you delegate that, or you're just making sure people are where they're supposed to be? Uh, it's both. Um, it's both. Okay. Yeah. And you, usually you need a stunt coordinator on set if there's. Uh any action involved just for insurance reasons. So sometimes production, um, they can't get insurance unless there's a stunt coordinator attached to it because we're supposed to, we're risk management. You know, we're making sure that no one's going to die or get hurt. So the production is going to get sued by somebody. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. So that's what we're, so we're actually, we're, we're definitely a necessity on set, especially with, um, any action films. Um, but we're sometimes thrown into, uh, the creative side of it, but I've been on movies where the director, you know, he, he wants to do everything. Um, you're just there to just, to just to make, make his, um, creativity, his vision come true. Okay. In, in the safest way possible. <laughs> right. Okay. You know, the director's like, oh man, I want two guys, you know, get hit by a car and they just fly in there. It's like, okay, <laughs> well, if you want real guys to do it, it's like, I want the car to go 60 miles per hour. It's like, well, that's not possible. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah, creatively, where you can do is you can talk with the director and be creative and say, you know what? If you shot from this angle or if you did this type of cut, uh, you could get that, you could get what you want, but in a, in a different creative way that's safer and sometimes more impactful and you can help, you can help set up the shot that way. Wow. That is, it's so interesting. Just mm-hmm. all these, um, different jobs in, in the film industry that don't necessarily get a lot of credit. I mean, it sounds like without stunt coordinators, we don't have, I don't know, a lot 90% of, percent of the movies that yeah. we love. So <laughs> I know it's really interesting. It's been an ongoing thing where the stunt people are upset that we can't be in the Oscars. It's like you have every category yeah. in the film, makeup artist, wardrobe, special effects, editing, sound. And then, <laughs> like you said, stunts is, a, is an integral part of movie making. Um, I mean, and some, you know, when I first got started and I heard the, the controversy of, oh man, they're not, they don't want the stunts in the Oscars. I thought I was trying to justify it for the Oscars. Like, well, you know, stunts, you know, we're always like behind the scenes. We don't, we don't care about having credit and, you know, not every movie's an action film. Maybe that's why, mm-hmm. but then, well, not every movie has special effects. Not every movie is like heavy wardrobe and makeup. Totally. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. Yeah, you're right. It's like, why yeah. Why isn't there a category for stunts? Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I mean, it's like, you know, usually things that, that win towards the end, like the big awards are more of the dramas and stuff. So like they always kind of get their due, which yeah. it just does leave out a lot of other genres, I feel mm-hmm. like. Oh, so yeah. it's like you do, like that recognition is so necessary, I think. Yeah. Well, and, and we talk about this so much on the podcast where there's so many movies. For example, the one we're going to talk about today, this is like a fantastic movie, but mm-hmm. it would never get like prestige awards in America, you know, even though it's awesome. Yeah. And it's like well told, well shot, well acted. Yeah. You know, it's still just like, well, but that's not a serious movie in regard like compared to movie. an yeah. Oscar <laughs> Beatty movie or something. Yeah. 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 Crazy. No, not at all. Like just chop sake. Like, oh, just a bunch of kung fu people. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So let's jump into the specifics of this movie. I got to load my note up. It went away. Um, So right off the bat, I got to warn our audience. I don't know um, the Chinese languages very well, and I will probably butcher a lot of these names, but I am trying my best, and that is not my intention. (laughs) So this movie is directed by Wilson Yip, who directed all four Ip Man movies. Um, it's written by Edmund Wong, who did all four Ip Man movies and the spinoff, the um, okay. Legacy movie, which we'll also cover. And it's also written by Chan Tai, who um, did all the Ip Man movies. Cool. Um, except for the spinoff one. The music 
is by Kenji Kawai, who um, also did Ghost in the Shell. That was the only one I recognized because I'm not familiar with a lot of Chinese cinema. Uh-huh. Um, but the score in this movie was awesome. Yeah, I loved it. I was like, dang, I want to put this on my phone and just walk around and kung fu in the backyard or something. This is cool. <laughs> it's <laughs> very dramatic. Yeah. And right off the bat with that title sequence, I was like, oh, man, we are in for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the cinematography is by Osing Pu. Um, P-U-I, uh, and you know what? Very stupidly, I didn't put down who did the stunt coordinating. Oh, that's terribly that's ironic. ironic. Well, the, fine, <laughs> fight, the fighting was done by Samuel Young. Samuel Young with the... Oh, okay. He was part, he was part with, the, but with Jackie Chan, that whole team. Cool, okay. Oh, got it. That's very cool. Way to go, Micah. <laughs> totally drop the ball. Oh, Samuel... Sam was always known to be the the fat Chinese kung fu master. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> this see, this is all pretty new to us. So any anything you want to school us on history wise, we are so down to hear that. Well, Sa- Samuel was uh, was a lot of the Jackie Chan films back in the day. Um, Samuel and Jackie worked together in a lot of the films, and they they acted in the films together. And then oh, okay, broke away and. And they started making their own things. Um, but I think Samuel even directed Jackie Chan in, in a couple of his, his, I think several of his films. I can't remember. But Samuel was also in this, uh, it was an American TV show, some detective thing. I forgot what it was. He was, uh, okay. he was just a detective. Um, the show is called Martial Law. The Badass Kung Fu an American TV show. I want to say, cool. Forgot who he was teamed up with, but yeah, he was he was uh, here in the U.S. actually on a TV show. I forgot what that show was called. Well, we'll have to look it up and throw it in the description, or I'll do a little overdub when I'm yeah. editing the episode. <laughs> um, okay, so back to the notes here. The budget of the movie is 11.7 million, and then the worldwide box office is 22 million. So that's our stuff on that. Now let's get into the nitty gritty of the movie. Um, in 1998, Jeffrey Lau and Corey Yoon wanted to make a film about Ip Man, but the studio that they would have made it with got closed. Oh, okay. But at that time, they had already signed Donnie Yen, and he got like paid for some of it before they even shot the Whoa, movie. Oh, really? Um, I don't know if he had to give that money back or anything like that. <laughs> but his contract. Um, and then, so Raymond Wong, who's the producer of this movie, um, later on with the consent from Ip Man's sons, uh, starts working on the movie. So the, his sons have kind of like, you, you saw in the credits, they were, um, uh, like consultants on the film. Oh, cool. Um, and then while filming there, a conflict arose because Wong Kar Wai, Wai, uh, was making a film called The Grandmaster which was originally going to be called The Great Master, about Ip Man. And while his movie, and then this movie was originally going to be called Grandmaster Ip Man. So they had to like <laughs> change the titles of both their movies because they're about the same person. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Have you seen uh, The Grandmaster? Yeah, I th- it's, it's been a while. It was beautifully shot. Oh, really? Okay. Is that Would that be a, a recommend if you like the Ip Man stuff? Or is it not as good or... Uh, 
Man, I can't remember. It's been a while. I just remember the cinematography was really cool. And okay. like I said, I haven't seen It Man in, in a very long time. And I rewatched it yesterday and I was like, oh, wow, this is no wonder they're, they're making multiple It Mans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty badass. It's we, we are not like a, I, I have only seen the movie once before and it was, I started it at like midnight. So I kind of fell asleep at the end. So this was the first time I really, really watched it and it, it's very cool, but I'm like, what, how is there three more story-wise? So I'm really curious yeah. where the series goes in the story. That's how I felt, too. I think I've seen, before watching it last night, most of it like on TV as just growing <laughs> up. So I, last night, too, was like first time fully just sitting down watching it, and I thought I had seen it like all of it. And then I'm watching it. And I just felt like I was watching it for the first time. And I kind of felt the same way. That's like, there's like three more and a spinoff. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but I mean, we'll see as we go. That's what this podcast does. <laughs> yeah. This is Donnie Yen and Wilson Yips, the director's fourth collaboration. And, oh, I did write Samo. Uh, did you say it's pronounced young? Samo, I think Samo Hung. Samo Hung. Yeah. Um, he did the martial arts choreography. So I did write it. It was just lower in my notes than usual. Should have been at the very top, Micah. It really should have. I, oh, um, Samuel Hung, maybe Young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm Korean, not Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no assumptions there. I, I just, <laughs> you'd said his name before. Um, so Donnie Yen went on a strict diet because he had to slim down for the movie. So he was eating one meal a day. And he had a shoulder injury and had trouble raising it, so he had a masseuse on set. So after they would shoot scenes, he'd have to get it, like... Oh, um, that sounds painful. All, all, you know, massaged. And then finally, my last note is, during that scene in the mill where the people are wielding the axes... Yes. Donnie got cut, like, right near one of his eyes, and he thought he was going to be, like, like, scarred, like, pretty badly, but it turned out okay. Wait, so... Oh, okay. Axes? Why would they do that? Yeah, and I accidentally. Yeah, I know. Got that's what there. I'm thinking. Dude, that's as a stunt coordinator. Yeah, no. That yeah, that's <laughs> like, kind of insane. It would all be like foam, or, right? Uh, <laughs> at the most. Right. Yeah, that's that's kind of shocking to me that that happened. So, but and it's like this movie came out in 2008, so it's not like this movie came out in like I don't know. 30 years ago when it, sometimes <laughs> right. things like that it's like okay back then they kind of did maybe they did stuff like that i don't know right so yeah that is uh all my notes for the movie so it's your turn jordan take it okay, away i'll go through this quickly so donnie yen is uh, uh more recently so he is um in the live action mulan movie that's forthcoming yeah i was um, so excited that he's in that he's like the reason i want to see that movie yeah <laughs> Um, he's also in Rogue One. Yeah. And then he is, I mean, he's in so many things, a ton of martial arts movies. Obviously, um, he's an, an empress in the warriors, painted skin. He's in blade two hero, Shanghai Knights, seven swords. And that he's in so much more, but that's more kind of around the time that this movie came out mm -hmm. more or less. That's Donnie Yen in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, and then Simon Yam who plays, Kwan, but I don't think that's how they said it. Uh, that was the guy that like challenged him at the beginning of the movie. Mm. Oh, and yeah. And he ends up dying. Um, he is in the Laura Croft movie. 
the and new one or the, Angela the Jolie? Angelina Jolie one or Angel Angelina, not Angela. Yeah. And then he's in a ton of action movies, like a ton of action movies. Okay. Um, including Laura Croft. <laughs> yeah. And then Lin Xien, I think is how you say it. Uh, his, who plays it man's wife. Um, this is her first role. Oh, okay. Um, and then she's not in too much. She's in a movie called my sassy girl too. <laughs> Ooh, the first one. Love that movie. I didn't know they made a sequel. Yeah, I guess there's a sequel. Wait, are you serious? Yeah, it's it was the first Korean film I actually bought. <laughs> oh, cool. yeah. the The <laughs> okay. description for this one was the sequel to the Korean movie. Okay, was the the IMDb description premise of it? Wait, oh, okay. <laughs> wait. So is there like a Korean movie, My Sassy Girl? Yeah. And then there's an American movie, My Sassy Girl 2? No, I don't know if it's American. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that's just what the premise said. Oh, okay. So, um, the the premise of the second movie sounded like like your classic romantic comedy. So, mm-hmm. what, what's the first one about? The first one is also a romantic comedy, but it was based on a true, uh, true story. Um, oh. Supposedly, there was letters that, like a diary or a journal, um, that was being passed around through the internet and yeah supposedly it was a true thing it was just very uh uh dysfunctional relationship between this guy and girl <laughs> she was very abusive um, oh but uh but then it ended up working out but it's a really good movie i won't i won't spoil the um oh dang cool but it's well, yeah it's really good We'll have to watch We're it. We're definitely watching it. Ma- then. Maybe it's got our boy Kang Ho song in it, and we just don't know about that yet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Um, okay, good. <laughs> um, and then she's also in a show called Material Queen, where she plays the lead um, from like 2011. Cool. And then Hiroyuki Ikeuchi, who plays General Mira, uh, he is in Space Battle Yam. Yamato. This is the this is a Japanese general, the Japanese right? General. Okay. So he's in Space Battle Yamato, Thirteen No Suki, my sassy girl TV show. Oh, there's a TV show. <laughs> According to IMDb. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, and then Shen Yu, who plays Lin, uh, he's in My Wife Is a Gambling Maestro. <laughs> <laughs> um, Whatever that is, I gotta see it. <laughs> uh, Kung Fu Jungle, and then Master Z the It Man Legacy. And Lynn is the the guy who ha- like is trying to find his tin box that, for the, the stuff that his brother's kite was in. Oh, so oh, he's yeah. in the spinoff. So the spinoff must take place before Ip Man won. Oh yeah, because he's. Oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then Tenma Shibuya, who plays Colonel Sato, um, he doesn't have many acting credits uh, other than like he seems to have been a lot in a lot of theater productions because that's what his bio was talking about. Okay. I mean, he's the colonel who was like really violent, who shot. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then he also plays General Sato in the Choice TV show. Not really sure okay. if there's a correlation or not because that's the same character name. Oh. And then he's in The Flowers of War, which is a movie with Christian Bale. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. And that's like, he's in a little bit of other stuff, but not much. Cool. But that's, that's it. That's what you got. Great. So, mm-hmm. um, as, since you are a stunt person, do you do, um, much, are, are you versed in martial arts stuff? And if so, like what style? Yeah, I started, um, being Korean 
I learned martial arts through a community church growing up. <laughs> cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, the community. So uh, it was basically, uh, it was in Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, that was our youth program is the Korean boys would go learn Korean. You would go to Korean school, Sunday school, and then Taekwondo or Taekwondo pronounced in English. Yeah. So okay. we would have that every Sunday and I hated it. So I didn't. Oh, really? Do it at all. We were just forced to do it like a, a type of exercise. We learned, we learned Taekwondo and then the women learn, the girls learn dancing. So, oh, so that was my first style. And then eventually I liked the cool stuff. And so I just, uh-huh. I just paid, <laughs> I just started um, practicing all the cool flying kicks and spinning kicks. <laughs> and, and eventually uh, Street Fighter 2 was a huge influence um, for me to start doing tricks. So I started mimicking like Ryu and Ken and uh, Guile, all the characters in Street Fighter because whoa, that's like cool. backflip kick, you know, tornado, double spinning quick, you know, all these like crazy yeah. stuff. Um, and there was no internet back then. Yeah. Uh, it was just, it was just video games. And then, my dad, I remember, did a front handspring, and I was like, "Whoa, what's that?" <laughs> and then eventually got into Jackie Chan film. So I started just making up my own stuff, and and unknowns to me, everyone else was doing the same thing. Which, like, XMA, you know, started to, to come up, and the, the whole Paul Mitchell, like, people doing katas, incorporating gymnastics with martial arts. So that's that's kind of the era that I started from, and. Um, I call it movie foo. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I didn't really take it seriously. I wasn't like, oh, you know, you should fall away and be have integrity and all. I was like, no, having fun. (laughs) Even going to college, uh, I ended up going to Savannah College of Art and Design, and I had a bunch of friends. Obviously, we got together and like, wow, you you do martial arts, you too, and so we started sharing each other's uh, forms and techniques. Uh, like there's a guy that did Aikido, Wing Chun, and um, Shaolin Long Fist. So then we just started showing each other, like, well, this, this is what I do. This is what we do. And then we start making up stuff. Oh, that's that cool. was my background. And stunts was like the furthest thing from my mind. Uh, uh-huh. Because I didn't think, oh, how do you even do that? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> but then eventually I moved out to Hollywood and, and did it, got into it. And it, it was just, like I said, just movie food, just for fun. It's funny, you know, you, you go into the industry, especially in the martial arts, just like the movies you see, there's so, they have so much pride and ego with their style. And mm-hmm. I remember I would just meet another martial artist. And back then it was kind of like, what belt are you? I'm like, no belt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, and then I say I'm, I just do it for fun, and then all of a sudden they drop their guard. Like, oh, okay, or right, cool, and it's <laughs> weird. So you have this friend, like, just like in the movie. Yeah, and that's crazy. That's and really interesting. Well, I suppose if it's like a passed down like that, you know that that mentality would take a long time to dissipate. I would imagine if it's yeah. regarded as such a high art form. Yeah. And um, pride's always a big thing that plays into stuff, yeah. for sure. Which, kind of like I think in this movie is a big 
theme in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like Ip Man doesn't seem very prideful. He's very private. Yes. And it all leads up until like, you know, the last fight scene, the Japanese general is like, it has to be in front of people. Right. When it's like for Ip Man, it's just it. Most of that stuff has been in private. Yes. For him. Mm-hmm. Well, and even for him, he's, you know, of course, uh, we're jumping t- to the end of the movie, but he he has like the good version of pride because like he won't accept the food that he's trying to feed him and stuff because he's saying you're being hypocritical. Right. And you're, you know, you're starving the Chinese and now you're giving me food so you can fight me. And he's like, I'm not going to take your food. I don't care about it. Right. I'm just going to fight you. So he has pride too, but it's like the good version of pride. Right. Um, so when you go into a movie like this, that's martial arts heavy or stunt heavy, what to you is like, this is a good move. Like what, what is, what, what what are red flags for you or what are things where like that suck you in and you go they did this right well it's the first of all i complain about this all the time especially with the marvel films <laughs> and the action <laughs> uh, is the continuity of strength um when you, okay. when you show somebody beating up 10 people easily and then all of a sudden you're in your kind of situation and you have a hard time beating up two people unless they're superhuman, just be consistent. And a lot of the fights you see that where they go in and they're super badass, right? And they they can protect themselves and dodge bullets. But then all of a sudden, the bad guy shows up or his henchmen. And clearly, they're not as good as some of these people or uh, in in some of the situations, it wasn't as um, um, risky or they were in such peril. Yet they're having a hard time, and I, that's that's yeah, definitely a, a red flag for me. And I'm immediately like, ah, come on! It's like you right. can beat this guy up in one 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 punch, and this guy, he like you can't you can't even get rid of him. Um, <laughs> so that yeah, so the continuity of strength, uh, and this one definitely had it because. I forgot a lot of it, and toward the end, I was like, "Oh, is are, is the director going to be like, oh no, we're going to have Yip Man almost almost get killed and this and die, and he's going to have a hard time fighting yeah. this guy?" I'm like, "No, you've you've definitely showed you've showed us that he was a badass, and and they definitely ended him. <laughs> yeah, ended the whole thing. I was like, oh, yep, yeah, he's a badass. So yeah, like that, that was." something i really appreciated because by the time you get there you already know he's gonna wipe the floor with the general and so if they had done kind of like a rocky sort of thing where like he gets beaten up and he's down for the count and then he remembers like the miracle move to kill him or something (laughs) yeah i I just wouldn't have fit in line with what you said the the strength continuity and i think for i'm like because of like a lot of the marvel movies i am like conditioned to like feel that big showdowns happening showdowns happening okay i got about 20 minutes to sit through this (laughs) and didn't happen it was pretty quick and it was like that was pretty dang refreshing yeah yeah (laughs) well it's kind of like that moment in uh captain marvel that they kind of do you remember at the end she's uh about to fight Jude, jude law and he goes don't fight me with your power and she's like nah and she just punches him like as hard as she can and i was yeah. like oh that was really refreshing because yeah. we already know she's powerful right and she just punches the heck out of this guy yeah <laughs> yeah you know there was an incident on uh spider-man where i had 
talk to the fight coordinator uh, and the director. Um, and since I was doubling him, I, I had, I felt like I had a place to say something. And, and I, I understand lots of times when directors, when they're directing the movie, they're, they're, uh, they're looking for the emotion and they're mm-hmm. directing the actors in the whole scene through feeling and emotion. Uh, so logic is kind of out the door. It's like, but he yeah. has a gun to yeah. shoot him. No, no, no. I want this moment. Right. I want him to feel this pain. And I'm like, oh, let's, okay. <laughs> and so one particular scene, uh, I know I'm going off a tangent. We can stay on track. I don't know if Oh, that's okay. Okay. Oh, no, no, no this, no, is, this is awesome. Yeah. Okay. So there's a scene where an amazing Spider-Man where Andrew Garfield playing Peter Parker is going around looking for his uncle's killer. You know, he's going around just kind of being a vigilante and looking for that tattoo on the wrist so um, he can uh, bring his uncle's killer to justice. And it's a montage of him beating up all these guys. But there's one particular scene where he goes in an alleyway and you see this thug smacking around a woman. And Peter Parker's like, hey, pick on someone your own size. And I don't know if you remember that scene, but what the director wanted... It, it was written that the the thug pulls out a gun and, mm-hmm. uh, and Spider-Man disarms it and beats him up. Uh, so then the fight coordinator and the director get together and they, you know, they, they try to choreograph and come up with something. But the director wanted, again, the, the emotion of that he wanted to show how angry Peter was and how frustrated he was in, in searching for this guy who killed his uncle. And, he wanted the scene where he disarms a guy from the gun, but then he grabs him and he starts punching him in the face, like over mm-hmm. and over and over till he gets to the ground, just showing his frustration. And and then I had to, I had to interject. I was like, guys, this is Spider Man. He can punch through steel. He can pick up a car <laughs> and throw it. Yeah. Like his anger and frustration and punching a guy's face. He would liquefy him. He would knock his head off in the first punch. Yeah. <laughs> like the continuity of strength. It's like it doesn't make sense. And first of all, why would this guy pull out a gun on this kid? Like, yeah. You know, I, and I said that too. But, but again, they don't like, well, no, we just want, he has to be in this, he has to be really risky. He has to be in this peril, like a gun. And like, it, okay, whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. So did they, I, I can't recall, did they wind up doing? They changed, they changed it. They, they took my advice. They, they understood. They're like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And even the actor, uh, Andrew Garfield was there too. And it's like, he agreed with me, you know, that he was like, yeah, um, that didn't make sense. And yeah. so what we had was they still had a guy pull out a gun. Um, but instead of doing like a block move or something, again, Spider-Man's strong. It's like, there's no fear. So he pulls out the gun. He just grabs his wrist. He just crushes his wrist. Uh, he's oh, he's yeah. dropping the gun, and then he grabs the guy and just just tosses him to the wall and knocks him out. That's right. I think I'm remembering that now. Yeah, just kind of like Hearing, I'm mad and yeah. I don't even want to put too much thought into this. I'm just chucking you. Yeah. Yeah. And and hearing both versions, it's like the 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 one that you just said. It's like that seems more impactful mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. logical. Yeah. Yeah. But that, 
But like I said, I understand. I understand the directors. They want the emotion, and yeah. that's what we go see films for is the acting, and they yeah, want to care right. about the person, and they want stakes. You know, high stakes. Right. But but at the same time, I feel like there's a good balance if you're if you're just aware of it. It you can educate the audience, and I feel with the especially with the Marvel films, you just kind of numbed everyone on like no one knows their superpower like okay yeah what's thor's power like how strong is he it's like <laughs> yeah what? yeah it's like right. what? like another part of, <laughs> i forgot which one is adventures um infinity infinity war i oh that seems right yeah the one that he had to uh, open up that um the iris for the 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 dead star or the star to to forge his new weapon yeah, that's Infinity War, yeah. Okay, Infinity War. Yeah, so I understand he's a god, but <laughs> right, right. literally his hair was cut in the previous movie, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, so his hair's not super invincible, and nor is his clothes. So he should have been a bald, naked dude after that thing opened. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yet he just had some singeing here and there, and his clothes was fine. Still had his eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, you can't get rid of Chris Hemsworth eyebrows. Those are the money makers. <laughs> and don't let him open up with some iris of some I know, right? sun. That's so funny. I feel like a lot of those things, I, I, they just don't even penetrate my brain. <laughs> Which yeah. I think sometimes when you're you're making a movie and you're making those calls, it's like, you know, assuming that the audience is already, like they they bought the ticket. They're, they, they literally <laughs> yeah. bought into all of that suspension of disbelief. But there are limits. Yeah, totally, sure. totally. Um, which which goes back to the the it man, and you know if you if you did that with martial art movies, it starts to get you start to be like there. It lowers the stakes because you don't right. you don't you're not concerned about are they going to get hurt? They're super strong. They're doing this. Yeah, they, they're superhuman anyway. So then you're kind of like okay. You don't really care about them as much. You just see the fight, but then after a while, you just gets you get bored. Right. Yep. Well, uh, cool. Let's jump into the specifics of the movie now. Um. So the main title sequence starts. We have the great music playing, and then we see, uh, Ip Man. Like, uh, do you know what that uh, is called? That thing he's practicing with. Uh, the Wind Chen dummy. The Wind Chen dummy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I always, or the, the dummy, the Wayne Chun dummy. <laughs> and that's the style of fighting he's using, right? Yeah, it was, which okay. was, you heard in the movie, it was created by a woman, female. Yeah, that was really interesting. It's what? It, it was created by a woman, so they were, there was that point in the movie where they're like, you're using a woman's style of fighting, and he's like, it doesn't matter who made it, it's oh, effective. Oh, I think I missed, I think I looked down at that part. <laughs> it was before he fights um, the th thug that comes okay. in, and he fights him with the, fe the like, feather duster at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... We we see the title sequence and we see that Foshan, the the region we are in, is known for its martial arts. It's 1935, and it's really cool because I just don't I don't know anything about this part of history. So for me, this is like new stuff, and I don't know how accurate or inaccurate the movie is. Yeah, but it's cool that there's like this town and there's all these different schools and they they have duels with each other, like mm -hmm. martial arts duels. I mean. I I just think that's so cool. 
<laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it'd be I, an exciting I, town. You're like, well, let's go yeah, into yeah. town. Let's see who's fighting. Right. <laughs> well, and it, the the movie, I think it really plays well into like how a legend is born. Like, yeah, because because even at the beginning, you know, one of the masters visits Ip Man and he asks him to duel, and Ip Man's like, "Let me have dinner first, and then we can fight, but we'll fight privately." Right. They fight privately. This other character sees him through a window, and then this story spreads throughout town that Master Ip just, like, destroyed um, Master Lee, I think. That sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and it's just this cool, and like... Isn't that guy, his, he was planning on opening a new school, I think. I, I think he had one already. Already, already had one? Okay, uh, he, sorry. He said he just opened a new school, and he just wanted to practice with, um, yeah, Ip Man, right. because he heard he was, he was good. He wanted to see right. for himself. So to, to, for someone to see that he lost is bad for his new school. Yeah, because it's it's like oh maybe he's not that good. Um, I was gonna say too. I I think that the the sets throughout the movie are um, I don't know. They're just like I think they're really great vehicles for all of the action because I for the most part they're pretty wide open. Yeah, like even Ip Man's house is pretty wide open the martial arts school it's like you know basically a courtyard even the the mill is like you know just like a big warehouse yeah i i like how they they use big spaces for for a lot of it but they still like you know when they're fighting at man's house they're still obviously affecting what's going on around them by breaking furniture and stuff right mm-hmm. um so they they have this fight and then later like you know, Master Lee's reputation is at stake, and um, like the police come, and then uh, you're talking about when they're like at the restaurant. Yes, yeah. And there's just this great scene, and you're just like, oh, but if you're not already in on the movie, this will do it for you. <laughs> it's the police officer like pulls a gun on Master Ip, and mm-hmm. he goes, he's like saying how guns are better than they're the way of the future. Yeah, and they're better than fists. And then Donnie Yen just whips up and puts his thumb in the trigger so that the gun can't be pulled. And then he just like taps the barrel and the, the barrel flies out of the gun. I mean the chamber? Or the chamber, yeah. Yeah. And that like that starts this whole theme that's throughout the movie. Um, that is like like I guess peaceful fighting uh with fists versus guns and warfare. Yeah. Because that's kind of shown throughout the movie to the effect of like the Japanese come and they're always using guns and stuff. But at the end, what prevails are is um, fists and fighting that way. And even when he is shot, it does not break the spirit of the Chinese at the end of the movie. Yeah. So it's kind of this like a uh, gun gun thing that that's like, no, this is a better way than the gun. Yeah. If anything, it's more respectful too because yeah. once they get to that last fight and the general is like, if you win, I'm going to kill him. If, if he wins, I'm going to kill him. Right. Which the, the general tells the colonel, like, that would be dishonorable. Like, that would mean that we still lose yes. if you did that. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's when he was saying, don't do the fight. Like, don't challenge him because yes. what if you lose? Let's just shoot him. And he's like, well, that's, that's just the same thing. It's like, he challenged me. That means... He thinks he's better than me. Then if I shoot him, then I've just basically said, yep, you are better than me. So that's right. why I just beat it. <laughs> right, yeah. right. 
Um, so then uh, we're, we're jumping all over to that end because the end really just like ties a bow on this movie so perfectly. <laughs> but um, we have this guy named Jin who comes into town and he starts challenging the kung, the kung fu, the martial art masters. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he is using kung fu. Is that correct? Like his style remember. is different than their styles. It looked like kind of like long fist, but it, I forgot that style. It's it's a very hard style. You were use, you're using arms, your forearms a lot, but it's oh okay. But a lot of the styles are mixed. You know, okay. I also praying mantis with some bakwa, some. So I could I yeah I'm not I'm not a. I guess knowledgeable, even though I do martial arts and stunts. <laughs> as far as all those styles, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't quite distinguish all of them. I mean, praying okay. mantis is pretty obvious in tiger style, but then when they start blending in all these different moves, uh, I think they're just being creative. Yeah. Okay. Right. But he he rolls into town. He challenges a master. Um, and he just like wipes the floor with the guy pretty mm-hmm. quickly. And then he goes on yeah. to the next guy and they whip out swords. And this is when you're like, oh baby, this is getting really good. And, um, so he, I think he wipes the floor with him. I don't think he kills him. I don't think he kills anyone. Okay. Yeah. In this scene. And then he goes up to Ip Man's house and he says, I want to challenge you. And, and throughout, especially the first part of this movie, you're seeing the struggles between him and his family. People are constantly coming to his house, seeking advice, seeking practice. And you can tell that there is um, tension between him and his wife and his son. His yeah. son is kind of ignoring him now because he's ignoring his son. Or that's how it's perceived. Yes, I'm glad and you're touching on this. His wife urging him like you, you like you need to pay more attention to your family. Yeah, but because he is Grandmaster Ip Ip Man, like he, he's torn between those two things. Right. So the the thug comes, challenges him. You have more of that tension, uh, but they do fight. Yeah. Uh, but but he he starts. Uh, the thug is um, offending his wife, and so she's pretty much like, just do it, like yeah. defending your honor. <laughs> yeah. And um, this fight is amazing i love this and mm-hmm. there's a lot of um uh that that effect i mean they do this throughout the movie a lot where and and uh, correct me if i'm wrong but they put like dust or powder on them so when they hit it like explodes dust yeah <laughs> and that always looks cool that <laughs> is never gonna not work on me i love that um but um so i, I was curious you watching the movie um are they I mean, are they really going at it for the most part? Because to me, someone who's not familiar very much, even with this genre, I, 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 it's like kind of a blank slate for me that I need to watch more martial arts movies. But I feel like I'm seeing these shots where it looks like Donnie Yen is really taking these hits and stuff and like actually blocking them. Yeah, it's, it's both. Um, I know like with Jackie Chan stuff, when you do like a lot of Hong Kong style fighting, obviously if you've ever sparred with somebody, it starts hurting a lot <laughs> when you're okay. when you're bashing your shins or forearms together over and over and over. Take yeah. after. So there's a technique. I don't know what it's called, but once it's choreographed, you don't actually make hard contact. You're barely touching each other. But if it if it looks like it's a hard impact, the other person that's taking the hit 
is acting like and and mimics a recoil of the the fist getting hit you know on your hand and uh i feel that's that's a very advanced way of doing the choreography but majority of the time 90 percent of the time when we're doing movies and we do choreography they're just hitting you and you're blocking (laughs) you're 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 going through the moves because it, it it looks real right. because you, you you throw contact and you throw the block and you see the body recoil and the jolt uh, of your forearms or legs getting contacted, just like a, just like an it man. And so, I believe they are they are really hitting and, and making contact. But depending on what ward, wardrobe they have, you can have padding. You can have oh, that's true. Yeah, and your legs and stuff. I would say the. The master shots, they would probably go a little easy and just go through the choreography. But then okay. the specialty shots, where they focus in on the hit, yeah, that's when they're going to say, okay, just hit me. You know? Oh, okay. And, oh. And you do, do slow motion. But, you know, you know how to take a hit. You're a martial artist. Uh, you, right. You, you're a stunt guy. And um, you're like, yeah, yeah, go ahead and really kick me. And boom, you get thrown back. And obviously, it's a lot more forgiving when you know it's coming verse <laughs> yeah <We don't> know. <laughs> that's true uh, and also you can exaggerate it so it looks more impactful it hits your head and you like sling your head back and like whoa that was a hard hit it's like well usually a real hit it doesn't move your body as much um, right like for instance there's this one um a stunt guy told me about this one story of a uh, coordinator was observing this one fight and it was two stunt guys, and one stunt guy had to kick the other stunt guy in the chest. And the director was like, can he do it harder? Um, or no, he was, <laughs> he was telling them, like, kick him harder. And take after take, the guy was, like, kicking him, like, straight up in the, in the chest. Oh. And he's like, harder, harder. And he's, making, he's doing full contact, and the guy's getting hurt. His chest is, like, aching. But then the coordinator went to the stunt guy who's taking the kick kick is like react more like act like you just and that's what you kind of you tend to do is like when you're doing a stunt when you know you're going to hit something you tense up Mm -hmm. you know you tense up and you take it but if you've ever seen someone tense up in their stomach and get punched it doesn't look like they get hit you know they're because they're tensing up and yeah the the whole point of movie making smoke and mirrors is you fake it (laughs) you act like you just got hit and so the guy um, barely didn't have to touch his chest, but then the other stunt guy reacted huge, and the director's like, "Yeah, like that." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, because the director doesn't know how to direct that. He just wants, yeah, to, to look like the kick is hard. Um, right. The, like he doesn't know. I was like, "Oh, can you react like it? Like it was a hard kick?" <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I I think. Too, especially with this movie, the sound effects are so intense. Yeah, sound so when someone gets gets hit, it's like, oh man, that hurt <laughs> yeah. to hear because yeah. that looked like a really hurt too because of everything else you just explained. Mm-hmm. It's just all this beauty. It just all works together so well, right? And they and they speed up the film a little bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they. So what? What do you know? Um, like what they would shoot the frame rate of this at? I heard, I don't know now, but I heard 24. 24, so, and then they... Yeah, and they, then they 
played on 30. I just got that wrong. They shoot it in 24 up and they shoot it. But the, yeah, they just they shoot a little bit faster. Um, and then when they play it back, yeah, it looks it looks really fast. That makes cool. sense, especially when he's doing his bullet punches. <laughs> Where he's and, just like beating the life out of somebody. Yeah. Starts with the face, goes down to the chest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's really fast. I mean, they're. They, yeah. Oh, yeah. You've seen some of these wushu um, choreograph like competition, and they're super fast. But sometimes for safety reasons, and also uh, to make the scene more crisp, when you see the contacts, that's one thing about. Um, this Hong Kong style of fighting, everything is super crisp. You, you see where the hits go, you see where the block is, uh, and that's that's the effect of shooting at a, a higher frame rate faster so you can take your time. So you're going at like a pace like this, but then when they when you see, see it, it's going... <laughs> and oh. It's like, okay. And it's like, oh, wow, it's so nice and fast, and the choreography is crisp. It's like, well, if you, you can take your time, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can you can make those moves look nice man well that that's a nice little look behind the curtain there yeah <laughs> well so they're they're in this fight and the the i'll just call him the bad guy he does this awesome shot where he kicks a sword out from a sheath and catches mm-hmm. it and then that's when donnie Yen grabs his feather duster and gets hands it to him with mm-hmm. with a feather duster versus a sword that is like, how does it and get any And he does it again later that? in the movie. He does much. with the pole, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is when uh, <laughs> the guy says this. And, you know, I think there's a lot of like, I mean, I, I really don't know, but I feel like a lot of the translation from this movie from Cantonese to English was maybe, maybe they could have spent a little more time translating it. But he says, uh, well, actually, this line doesn't feel like that, but it's just kind of a funny way to phrase it. He says, my northern style has lost to your southern style. And then he, like, <laughs> leaves. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> right. And then, uh, uh, let's see, there's there's people. Oh, yes, and then it cuts to there's people outside of his mansion, and they're all like, train us, train us, train us. And he says no, and then it kind of cuts to black, and then it says the Japanese have conquered the Chinese, or, or at least invaded. this region. Yeah, invaded um, this region. This becomes a movie I had no idea that it was going to go here because, <laughs> yeah. like I said, I thought I've seen it and I definitely have not seen it. And I was like, oh, shoot, this is getting, like, really intense. Yeah, and we find out that, like, Ip Man's house is being resided by, it's like a Japanese military headquarter. Mm-hmm. And him and his wife and child are living in this little, little tiny house and... Mm-hmm. Um, and and basically the Chinese are starving. Yeah. So um, this is when Ip Man like goes and he's looking for a job, and he starts shoveling coal. Yeah. And while he's doing it, he sees um, Lin. Lin, and uh, then the old police officer from the beginning of the movie comes in and he says, "Hey guys, if you want to fight for food, you can come to this basically a dojo and fight." For food, if you win, you get a bag of rice. Mm-hmm. So Lynn and some other people volunteer. They show up, and we see the stoic Japanese general who is having people fight. And you're seeing the bags of rice being thrown around, stuff like that. And it, this is a pretty cool sequence. I like this sequence. But then Lynn fights the general 
mano y mano. Yeah. And the general destroys him. Yeah. And I mean, speaking to what we were just saying about the hard hits, this fight, like, I really felt it as a as a viewer. It was like, oh, oh right. he is so dead. Like, yeah. he just punched his heart out. <laughs> yeah. Um, or and kicked, so, more like kicked his heart out. Yeah, yes, <laughs> kicked yeah, his heart definitely. out. <laughs> so um, we do all of that, and then the next day, um, Ip Man wants to know where Lin is. He can't find him. And but he finds the tin box. He finds the tin box that he was looking for, and he's like, I want to fight. I want to fight, because he kind of suspects what's going on. He goes in, and immediately he says, and this Nah, this this is probably my favorite scene of the movie. Well, he pretty much gets from the police officer's facial, like he asks, "Is Lin, what happened to Lin? Is he alive?" And all the police officer says is, "I don't know," but it's like he's dead. So mm-hmm. he goes there, sees what's happening, super upset. Goes a volunteer to fight and says, "Give me ten people." And this but, is but, well, oh, really okay. quick before he does. I just like testament to Donnie Yen's acting. He oh, kills okay. it yeah. at the scene where he's like shaking the gate and he's like, "Open the gate, open." The, and we have not seen Ip Man with like high emotions he's always been cool calm and collected yeah so him being angry is like "Uh uh-oh yeah this is bad news yeah and then go ahead and then he says give me 10 people and then one of the most insane fight scenes i've ever seen happens (laughs) (laughs) yeah what what do you think about this scene yeah it was great um but it's like i know it's really hard to uh choreograph multiple people coming at one person because everyone's like when you see something like that, like why is people coming at him individually? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just rush him. And at times they do, but I, I do feel like the moves are cool, but some of the moves are a little too, um, um, they weren't efficient because the whole thing about Wen Chun and and him was efficiency. But when he was fighting, when he was fighting them, I felt like, there's some grappling and taking him down and punching him in the face. And that was like a lot of wasted time. And two or three guys could have been right on him when he did that. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. See, things I would not notice. This is why you're here. <laughs> things yeah. I tell my, in my brain when I'm looking at him, like the other guys are just too scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Writing an excuse for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he does yeah, that thing could. where he breaks that guy's leg. He like kicks him in the, like kind of where the hip connects. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh! I know that like, hurts. Uses his leg as leverage. Just puts his what foot on his hip or upper thigh, <sighs> and then wrenches it up <laughs> to his face. <laughs> yeah. And talk about crazy uh, sound effects. Yeah, from yeah. That. And he pops that guy's arm out of his socket too. That he like throws to the side. Mm-hmm. Does the mm-hmm. machine gun punch to a guy? And then there's like one guy left, and he's kind of just like, "Here I go." Just beats him very easily right so then the general says what is this guy's name and and he just he says, says i'm a chinese man yeah but the police officer is the translator so he tells him his name yeah basically the police officer decides what should be said yeah, right no, he was trying to save him <laughs> right yeah so he he tells him um later on the the general wants to wants him to come back and to which he says no or you know he's yeah. just leaving and then the police officer says of course he'll come back yeah right and this is when uh Ip man like calls him out and slaps him in the face and says you're a traitor you're a traitor yeah to the interpreter and i 
I think they do a pretty good job of like obviously you're on Ip Man's side with everything in the movie, but also like you do kind of see where the interpreter's coming from. Mm-hmm. I do think he's he he was being a traitor, and I would hope if I was in a position like that, I wouldn't do what he did. But I think he ultimately redeems himself by helping house Ip Man when they're looking for him, and he gets shot later, like trying to stop them from taking Ip Man, right? When. Like, the isn't it before the final fight? Yeah. Uh, no, no. He... They just beat him up, I think. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, they just they just really, really rough him up. Right. Yeah, I, like yeah. I agree with you. Like, I think they did a great job uh, with the continuity of the story and the characters. They're all, it was very believable, like, what yeah. everyone's going through. And, yeah, something like that for the interpreter to do what he's doing. It could have been really cheesy, but it yeah. was very uh, believable. And yeah, you yeah. felt his pain and it was great because the arc of how the officer was such a dick, right? Pulling out that right. gun right. and then kind of was um, made fun of, but then you see him growing respect for it, man. And even during that yeah. time, interpreter, he had like the utmost respect for him. Even after he slapped him, yeah, he was like, he wasn't insulting it, man. He was just saying this is just my job. You know, I'm just trying to stay alive or whatever he said. Right. Right. But he didn't, he didn't insult, insult, um, his master or the master it man. So yeah, I liked, I liked how they're consistent with that. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's interesting character development for it man throughout the movie, because basically after he does what he does to the 10 guys, he he's with his wife and he's, kind of admitting that he's useless. Like basically all that he's become an expert in, like what yeah. was it for? And yeah. that's when, you know, she's like, I am the happiest I've ever been. A lot of it because they are together now. Like they have no other choice like that. That's it. They, they only have each other at this point. Um, so, you know, she's telling him like, you are not useless. Yeah. And of course, as the movie goes too, he, he understands that like he so he believes that what his expertise is is useless but he learns quickly that in times like these this is what he is for like this is what he is meant for yeah and mm-hmm. and it's cool how later in the movie when he's having the final duel with the japanese general um he his wife and child are being driven away and she's like i never supported him like i never truly understood and I don't want to miss this fight, even if it makes yeah. me unsafe, because I want to be there for him. Right. Because it could be his last fight. Yep. And so then they show up at the final fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are skipping a couple of things. We're, we're, we're getting close to the end here, but um, there is the cotton mill Yeah. Um, that I think it's, it's either Ip Man's brother or Ip Man's wife's brother um, owns the cotton mill, and they're being sabotaged by, guess who, the original... Um, Thugs thugs from the beginning of the movie and those guys are saying you need to give us money and they're kind of holding them hostage and they say we'll come back for it and then Ip Man proceeds to train all of them and that's kind of when he learns like I am useful I can pass on my teachings yep and that's a great sequence where people are like you know moving cotton and then as they'll cross each other they'll do like a move to practice really quick and then keep moving and it's like the music in that scene was insane oh yeah yeah with with him teaching them yeah um man that yeah that guy did a wonderful wonderful score yeah and so then there is finally like the thugs show up and they have like the last battle with Ip man and all of the cotton people and it's great because 
the cotton people. That's a poor description, but the the <laughs> cotton workers, they yeah. um they start fighting and they're doing pretty good. But then like Ip Man walks in like slow motion and, and then he starts going nuts. And here's a question story wise because I know that kind of at that point he the police officer is like keeping him safe, giving him asylum. Yeah, and he is talking talking to his wife about fleeing to Hong Kong. He he knows people there. Yeah. But he catches wind of what's happening there. And that that's when he I know we kind of already talked about this, but that's like the inciting incident of I can't leave, I'm necessary. Like I these yeah. people need me. Yeah. So therefore, yeah, he shows up, helps them, saves the day. Yeah, which then but unfortunately that alerts the uh the Japanese soldiers knowing where the, where he is. Right. And we have a great fight with the axe scene that apparently he cut right next to his eye in. <laughs> um, then mm-hmm. also he whips the pole and is able to keep the two guys at a distance with the pole. Mm-hmm. Um, that was so cool to me. I, I don't know how realistic that is, <laughs> but it's. <laughs> it, I was there for it. Yeah. yeah. That, that to me, I thought the, the continuity strength there again um, bothered me a little bit. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It was fun. But that kid, um, Lynn's brother, yeah. well, obviously he, he can't do anything. You know, he's right. so, right. so Donnie could have just put him on the ground with one hit. Um, but the fact that it made it like it was two against one, it's like, no. <laughs> that guy was like, <laughs> he was nothing. And the other right. guy was such a badass. And right. then they, they just made him just kind of a wimp all of a sudden. Well, yeah, I you would s- almost think that because he lost the last time, he would give him everything he had, yeah. even yeah. more this time. I suppose the the one argument for the kid is that he knows him, and maybe he's not trying to hurt him too bad. That'd be my that'd be my one argument, but I don't know that that necessarily explains away what you just said because he could still probably incapacitate. Yeah, him he could, and then yeah, make him. Not Which he die. pretty much does. It just takes him longer than it's like you probably could have done that five minutes ago. Yeah, you know. So they fight, and then he's able to pull aside Lynn's brother and give him the tin can that has the kite from the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think we ever mentioned on this, but uh, hopefully if you're listening, you just recently watched the movie, so you know what I'm talking about. Everyone should be watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's on net. all of them are on Netflix, so nobody has any excuses. Yeah. <laughs> um, unless, of course, you don't have Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so they have that... Um, and there's a nice like kind of resolution with that brother character who went away and was, you know, kind of um, lost, I guess you could say, Prodigal yeah. Sonny. Yeah. And then the soldiers are like, we know Ip Man's here. We want him. And he's hiding. But then they're like beating people up. And then he comes in and he goes, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Mm-hmm. And that's when. We've already talked about like him being in prison, refusing the food and stuff. We have the final showdown between the general and Ip Man. We kind of talked about it a lot, but, um, you know, he... Well, I guess, so just get to the fight in general because we kind of talked about when he was being held and he refused food. Um, The general and the colonel had their little talk, so then they're at the fight. Um, Like I said, kind of like how I feel like I feel conditioned to expect that this is going to be like a 20-minute fight. Right. So I'm like really settling and getting ready for it. I'm not like tired of the movie at all. Right. But I'm just getting ready for potentially feeling that way. And it did not feel that way at all. Pretty quick. Um, I, I am like, I kind of appreciate that while it man and the, 
the general are fighting that the general does get some hits in. Yeah. Makes it a little bit more like believable that this is like the bit, you know, the big boss. Right. right. You got to show some stakes. <laughs> right. 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 And oh, wait, that... wait a minute. He might have the best of them. Like, right. no, he <laughs> yeah. Even if it's like three shots. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's that great moment where he's, he's got him like up against the post and he's doing all those Wing Chun. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That was great. And then it, it cuts to him doing, practicing, practicing on the dummy. And back and forth, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm always a sucker for when a movie like, like him defeating the general obviously does not free the Chinese people, but it gives them hope. Mm-hmm. And I love when a movie does that. It's like he is a symbol for the Chinese people now, and it, and it does kind of tie in that theme that's been throughout the movie of like this is a legend, like this is a this is a folk tale almost, like this is how it happens now he's a symbol he's not a person anymore almost and like based on how the people kind of started writing it's like hopefully you know like they took back the town right because of what he did yeah i mean i guess we'll find out in the second one oh yeah i guess that's true (laughs) although he i think he moves somewhere after this yeah hong kong yeah yeah. and that's where he opens up a school yep and one of his students is a little known guy named bruce lee at some point (laughs) yeah who's that guy (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know yeah when we were watching this movie it was more towards the beginning and i don't remember what i was talking i just said like oh this is like a different movie than i thought it was gonna be and i think you said like it's weird that they chose this time period that's what i said and then mike is like well this is a true story <laughs> and i was like what <laughs> and you're like yeah this guy tra- trained bruce lee <laughs> i was like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah it's interesting how you said uh, his sons were consulting were on set yeah that, yeah, that's. I would love to talk to them and be like, "How accurate is this movie?" <laughs> yeah, right, that's yeah. what I was wondering. And it'll be interesting as we go through this series. It'll be interesting to see if they're still um, consulting on future movies. Because I, I mean, I really don't know where the series goes, and I don't know if they just like make up a bunch of stuff because they're like, "Ah, oh, we just want more Ip Man," or if they do try to center it on an event in his life that's real you know i i really don't know yeah well yeah from what i've seen i i don't think it's real it gets <laughs> yeah. like ison's in one of them and just i think it's just just uh just to make it fun and cool and interesting yeah i i'm curious is is uh from what you remember was mike tyson much of a good fighter in the in the movies and in, in regards to like movie magic i guess <laughs> uh yeah he was he was just a boxer. He wasn't like a martial arts guy. Right, so yeah. Donnie Yen trying to <laughs> trying to defeat a boxer, um, <laughs> he, which is he just used a lot of kicks. Um, uh, okay. Okay. If I, as far as I remember, I don't think you. I think it was a draw. Oh. What? Come on. Yeah. Okay. It man's I, gonna wipe the floor with Tyson. I'll yeah, say it. Can't remember. <laughs> but I, I. That's that's the thing. It's like I remember watching the later ones, and it man was kind of getting getting his ass handed to him in some of these uh, other oh. films. And that's why I was, I kind of thought I was already used to that. So when I saw the first one and he was just like untouchable, I was kind of like, oh, okay. I forgot that he was supposed to be this good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's interesting. But yeah, I think, I think in the other ones, uh, he does um, have difficulty with certain, certain characters but i don't know if he was injured i can't remember again it's like they're all blending in right right yeah 
Well, I think that's the movie. I really like this movie a lot. And um, it was a nice palate cleanse to what we've... Well, actually, the last series we covered was a great palate cleanse, too. But it, we haven't covered a series like this on the podcast. So this is this was super, super cool. Uh-huh. Um, that's what I have to say about the movie. Do either of you have anything you want to say about the movie summary, anything like that? I was just going to say that for a movie that is pretty much about a person, and especially since the person is real, you know, like we're talking about, we don't really know how true this story might be. Yeah. I think that in terms of like capturing a character and capturing like what he stood for, like what he represented, really awesome. And I hope, not really sure though, but I (laughs) hope that the other movies can still represent that part of him. Yeah. Of like someone who is not prideful and is respectful and is you know the the best yeah but i don't know we'll see (laughs) yeah it was was cool to see it again and like i said the story was so good and the acting i thought was really well done by donnie and you know it always surprises me when i see these uh kung fu films the actors they get in the film it's like the difference between the u.s they get the actors that can really do the stuff (laughs) so yeah yeah you see his actor and, and they're like, oh, wow, okay. And they start fighting. Like, wow, they're really doing it. There's no stunt double. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, which I'm sure they do here and there. But for the most part, it's pretty convincing that the actors are doing, doing everything. Yeah. I mean, I think the only American series we have like that is Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise doing all those crazy stunts. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, um, well, I'm sure there's stuff that maybe I just don't know about where it is just martial artists doing their thing, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like Jason Statham, Scott Atkins, uh, you know, they're pretty much doing um, their own stunts too. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize I didn't that. Yeah, about him. It's cool. Yeah, and yeah. Jacques-Claude Van Damme, Steven Seagal. Like, oh, yeah. It seems like if you're a martial artist, you don't really have a stunt double. You're, you're, it's like that's what you're known for. You're not, you're not this amazing right. actor. So you're in it because <laughs> you're, you have some uh, physical talent and you're showing that off. And a lot oh. of the times that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ilram, thank you for being on. That was so, so awesome. Um, do you have anything you'd like to plug or any upcoming projects you want to talk about or anything like that? Uh, no, n- nothing right now. Just like I said, transition of moving, uh, just trying to live a life that's financially free <laughs> yeah yeah especially during this pandemic yeah but oh geez yeah. i hear that yeah i'm just well, staying we'll... safe staying healthy yeah doing yep. life yep hey i that's a good plug stay safe <laughs> stay healthy enjoy life yeah. that's good um well i will put your uh instagram handle in the um in the description of the episode so people can check that out if they'd like okay and f- follow you there um but uh, yeah, thank you so much for being on. This was like truly an honor to, to mm-hmm. meet you and talk with you. And I mean, we hung out with Spider-Man for a ha- an hour and a half. So how cool is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you too. This is, uh, this is a pleasure. It's fun talking about this movie. Yeah. Cool. Well, next week is Ip Man 2, and we're going to have another special guest. So make sure you tune in next week. We'll see you guys later. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Bye. Thanks. Thank you.